Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Some of us aren't Facebook fans. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I usually find out more than I want to know without having it. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, I appreciate all of you that come tonight. And uh, I want to obey the Lord. For some time now, the Lord has... uh, been dealing with me about this. This is not just the, my first time visiting here. Uh, this subject, only a different, little different subject, probably close to the same passage as Scripture, but maybe in a different way. I will tell you that Sister McGee and I, and I don't know, I think it might have been Rebecca, I'm not sure, but one of the children were shopping with us, and um, we were finders keepers, I believe. And uh, we run onto this little container. And I don't know, but some of you remember, it's been a good while back that I ministered on reviving your dream. Anybody remember that? Well, as I passed this up, I never seen it. I believe my wife might have been Rebecca. I don't know. Somebody's seen it. And it says, don't ever give up on your dreams and when that thing when I stared that thing in the face it was like something come over me and I knew I had to visit this subject again but God began to deal with me different it's been a while and uh, I want to bring my burden to you tonight because I feel like it's a church burden it's not just my burden and um I need to relay it to you tonight. So I'm going to turn to Genesis chapter 37. Very familiar story, but I, I don't know. For some reason now, for a long time, I haven't been able to leave this scripture alone. It keeps dealing with me. And um, let me start at verse 1. Hallelujah. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger. In the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph being 17 years old. Everybody hold on to that. Was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with his brethren. And the lad was with his with the sons of Belilah. Who was the sons of Zilpha. His father's wives. Joseph brought unto his father their evil report now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors and when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren they hated him 
and could not speak peaceably unto him. Dropping down to verse number 19. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. And then verse 23, And it came to pass, when Joseph come into his brethren, that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. Could we pray? Heavenly Father, I ask you tonight, Lord, to minister through the word of God, and through my lips of clay. I know that I'm nothing, Lord, but I know tonight that you've got your hand on me in this service. I'm asking, Lord, that you would bring the anointing in this place. The front to back, from side to side, God, let there not be an emptiness in this house of your presence. I ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I want you to look at your neighbor before you're seated and say, don't ever give up on your dreams. And his daddy made him a coat of many colors. And he put that on Joseph. And this stood for the favor. Biblical numerologists say that number five is the number of favor and grace. Grace, five letters, you know. Favor, five letters. We have five fingers on each hand, five foes on each foot. Five senses. So when we look at all of that, we can say we're blessed like Joseph. He's given us something to be proud of. Not everybody's got that. And we're blessed tonight because he has made us favors in his sight. How many dreamers we got in here tonight? How many's ever had a dream? How many's ever had a dream that come true? All right, that's a good thing. Amen. I'm glad to have my friend Kevin here tonight. I'm glad he went to conference with y'all. He's, he's probably going to go back next year after this time. I'm glad to see him here tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I... I you know, I said when I seen this container, I had to have it because as I looked at that container, Sister Dawn, something began to flood back into my spirit. And the Lord began to revisit me again, but in a different way. And I want to try by the help of the Lord to relate to you how God has dealt with me. Joseph had three dreams. And each one of them made his brethren hate him more. They hated him at the first because he even had a dream. And now they began to, each dream that he would have, they hated him more. 
And the third one, the Bible teaches, if you want to read this all through, y'all know the story, but I'm going to just relate because I've got a long ways to go and I want to get there tonight. Hallelujah, they got my clock going. So, The third one, his father even rebuked him for. But the Bible also says that his father observed the same. And his brothers, it says finally, they admitted that they envied him. Let me tell you, when you have a dream, it's not a bad thing. It may be a truthful thing. It may be something that God wants to talk to you about. It may be something that he wants to talk to the church about. Amen. And as I began however long that it's, it's been going on a while. Sister McGee can tell you it's been going on a while. I want to go and take a trip back. Well, Bishop, how come you're always going back? Well, I'm old, so I'm going to go back, y'all. And I'm going to take you, I'm going to give you a little history because I feel to. It made me look back at our church history and what God had done in this church and the things that's been spoken to this church through men of God that God began to deal with me just more than ever before. In the first church, I dreamed a dream that has never left me. In fact, I can't tell you how many times that I've redreamed it. And each time it became just as real as the first time. And it was one I could not turn loose of. And it's still there today. And it has been down through the years. Amen. And God blessed our first church. And thank God for the first church because we filled it up and we didn't have room for anybody to set. So the Lord opened up a second church in Kingsburg. Amen. And you all know, and and I can even uh, say this, that God performed a miracle even in the purchasing of that church. That we should not have got it had not God opened the door. They wanted so much money for it, and I said no. And I give them a price that God had placed in my mind. They put it for open bids or sealed bids. Not one bid come in. And they called us back, and we bought that church for our price, God's price. I'm telling you what God will do. And you can call that a dream if you want to, but I'm going to tell you, it was something that God spoke into my spirit, and it become a reality. Oh, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost in this place. Hallelujah. I might say that I was almost late for Thanksgiving. I was sitting in my desk. And I must tell you that, that it was about time for us to leave and go to my daughter's for dinner. And, and the Holy Ghost hit me in my office at home and I couldn't hardly get it shut down. And began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. And, and the Lord began to talk to me about this. Hallelujah. May I take you now to the second church where we purchased it. We began to talk about in 1998 after we had moved in that church in 1995. Amen. Of October. And we began to talk about there was some ground behind that church that we had our eye on. And we felt like it was God's uh, it, was, it was a God thing for us to have that property, and we checked into it. And uh, 
that year, 1998, Reverend Anthony Broadley was with us in March for just a few nights. And again in April of that same year. But in between that time, I want to tell you what happened. I want to tell you what God does through dreams and things that come to you. In between those times, our own pastor now preached on Sunday. And God got a hold of some of our people in the midst of that service and began to lay a burden on their heart for the land that we had looked into. And before the night was over, God had got a hold of people's hearts and they began to come and lay money down. And before we got through with that service, I'm talking about, come on now, this is what God does. When God's in it, he'll take care of it. And before that service was over, we took almost $7,000 up. They wanted $10,000 for the lots for that part in the back. And we needed that because we had youth. We had things. We, we needed some place for them to play volleyball, do all these things. And, and, and we needed that ground. Who knows? We could need it for parking, you know, to build another church. Who knows? But we felt like it was a God thing for us to have it. Amen. So it was just a great thing. So later, Brother Broadley came in April. And I just to make this story short so I can get on to preaching, but I want to tell you the story that when he come this, the other second time, God began to get a hold of people again, and we took up the remainder and bought the property and purchased it on March the 21st, 1998. I'm telling you what God does, even in a small church. Come on. I don't have the money. We didn't have the money. But he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And somebody got a hold of the burden of the Lord. I want my cow now. And God done the work. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. And I won't never forget this. I'm taking you. We're going someplace. Just stay with me. While Brother Broadley was there, the Lord spoke to this church through him. I won't ever forget it. The other day I even looked for the tape, but I couldn't find it. But I had written down what he said. And the Lord spoke through Brother Broadley this, that because of jealousy, men would quench and try to hold back the ministry of this church. But God was going to bring it to the forefront and bless it. Hold on to this church. A reminder. A reminder right now. How many times has God allowed our pastor's family to minister to other places. Since he came off the road as evangelist at the end of March 2007 and got a job for a while. Hallelujah. Think about how many places even the last three, four, five years, even the last ten years that he's been pastor now, how many places that God has allowed him to preach? 
I can tell you not very long after I, he maybe become, I'm not even, was you, I'm not, I think he was pastor then. But God opened up a door and he ministered in the UEM church on Easter. It's a community thing. He was in the ministerial association in this city and they asked him to minister. And I will never forget, there was two men that had came to me. There was the Christian preacher that was there here in this town at that time. And he didn't know where he was going to go with that message at first. And said, man, this can't be Easter. But when he got done, he said, I understand where he's at. Another Methodist minister, an older man that had been retired and came to me. And he said, I want to tell you something. That son of yours has got some anointing, something behind his ministry. Come on, I'm telling you, church, that God will open doors. And when man, when man tries to hold back the ministry of the church, we're serving a God. And when he says it's going to happen, I don't care if hell comes against the church. It's going to happen. I said it's going to happen. It will happen without a shadow of a doubt. Hallelujah. They've preached in prisons. Come on. They've seen thousands filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on. Hallelujah. Woo. Praise the Lord. He's preached NYC at least a couple of times. He's preached, I don't even know how many conferences, ministers' conference, men's conference, you name it. He's preached it. Hallelujah. All right. I'm not trying to build him up, but I'm building up the God that we serve tonight. Because when man says, I'm going to quench the minister, God said, I'm going to let it grow. I'm going to let it flourish. I'm going to let it do things great. When man says no, God said, oh, wait a minute. I'm in control of this. As long as God's in control of this church, we're going to see things move forward, and they're moving forward. Hallelujah. Woo, glory. I think we could look back and say that the devil has tried to quench. He has tried to quench the ministry of this church. And can I say this? And thanking God that it, it didn't happen. But even to the place that tried to destroy this church. And to pull some out of it. Guess what? God brought them back. Come on. You can't quench. Come on. What God is going to move forward, you can't quench that. Hallelujah. During my pastoral years, I will never forget. There has been men of God after men of God and I cannot count them on my hands that have come to me and said, Brother McGee, you have got a great ministry in your church. He wasn't talking about me. He's talking about the ministers that was in our church. And still today, I have ministers that say to me, my minister's friends, friends say, Brother McGee, you've always had good ministry in your church. Oh, hallelujah. And it's not because of me. It's not what I taught. It's not that they weren't preachers even before me. Come on. 
and they still are after me. But it's because of God when he seen something way back in the first church and give me a dream of, of a church that was full. And I've seen them full. The other two's been full. I've been there. I haven't seen this completely full yet, but I've witnessed 163 people here on a Sunday morning before. Come on, church. I'm talking about when God says something, he'll stay good to his word. I said he'll stand good to his word. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And God has continued to bless the ministry of this church and it has moved forward by the help of the Lord. He's blessed it beyond measure. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, the dream is starting to come together. Come on now, I said the dream is starting to come together. Hallelujah. I may, I may just touch on this a little bit because I, I went back and went through some history and began to check on things a little bit. And I, I had, we had our uh, brother Harris was here. I don't, I don't remember the name, the, the year it was, 2008, I believe it was, that he was here. And I, li- I brought out that tape the other day. Sister Sarah, I plugged it in. I began to listen to it in my office. And I, I heard the church kind of come apart, man. I mean, God was moving in this place in such a great way. There was, there was such a spirit of the Lord in this. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, when Brother Mason goes, Woo! It's happening. And I can't tell you how many times during that service I heard that. And at the end of that service, God began to speak through Brother Harris. And he spoke to some of you in here that night. Come on, I'm talking about the ministry of this church that God said, I'm going to bring it to the forefront. No matter what man thinks, no matter what they try to do, I'm going to bring it to the forefront. And it's going to happen. Glory. 2009, Brother James Chesser come through here. And for 45 minutes on a Sunday morning, he prophesied to this church. And I've got it all written down because I went through and I I wrote it all down. I I typed it all out. And you know what I do? I pull it out of my file every now and then just to remind myself that God made this promise. And I hold it up and say, God, you said. Come on, church. Sometimes I think we need to take our dreams and our aspirations and we need to write them down and say, okay, God, this is what you said. I might as well warn you ahead of time. I know you, you, know, you see what's setting up here. I, before this is over, I'm going to have you come over up here and, and, and tear off a piece of paper. And if you haven't got a pen, pick one up. And I want you to write your dream. You don't have to put your name on it. I I want you to write a dream down. I want you to drop it in her because I want to start praying over her. God laid it on my heart that sometimes we need to write them down and pray over them. I've been praying over this dream from the very first church and I've not given up and I'm not giving up. Because Brother Chesser once again spoke to this church. 
I'm just, I'm going to get one part because it take me, it's four pages here. Son, you remember, and I know you remember that. How many members Brother Chester been here and speaking to this church? It says, God says, there are going to be some doors open to this church. And he wants you to walk in faith through these doors. There are some things that God is going to do in this church that maybe God has never done in any other church in this area. And it's going to be intimidating and you're going to wonder if this is really God and if this is what we should be doing. But God says walk through that door in faith. Every opportunity, every possibility that comes to you, God says I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to take you into unfamiliar territory. God is saying, I'm going to take this church into uncharted waters, some places you have never been, some things you have never seen, and God says, we just have to have the faith to do it. We've got to have enough faith to press forward and say, even though I've never heard of anything like this, we're going to do it in the name of Jesus anyway. He says, I'm I'm telling you, God is fixing to give Brother McGee some visions beyond this world. I don't think he's just talking to me. I'm sorry. I think he was talking to pastor too because he knew what he was come home for. And it's not going to make any sense to some of you, but God says, honor the man of God's vision and walk through the doors and walk with him and do what God wants you to do. And the man of God asks you to do. Okay? I'm building you up because I'm fixing to do something. Because I feel it. In 2010, Brother Luke St. Clair come in this church. He come in 2009, but I couldn't find the tape. I'm pretty sure, he, I know he did. 17 months before this, he had been here. I know that because it was in the second tape. But I know without a shadow of a doubt that God spoke through Brother Luke to this church too. Whew, glory. Hallelujah. Well, maybe I'll just save it till after a while. And then just, I, I probably, I think, I've, I think it's even written in here just a little bit later. Let me just, let me just, let me just bypass it for a moment. Then, was it 2021 or 2020? I can't remember that Brother Cannon stopped by. 2021, Brother Nathan Canner, the dear friend of mine, come by here. And he preached for us. And if you'll remember, and sitting right where Sister McGee was sitting, I was sitting beside her. And Brother Cannon was preaching with such anointing that night. And he come to the edge of our pew, and he turned around and looked straight at me, and he said, Brother McGee, God has not forgot your dream. Come on. First church dream in 1990. Come on. 
I'm telling you what God does. He would not let me forget it. Pastor after pastor, even between that time, have come to me and talked to me about God going to do some things in the dream. So, oh, don't forget your dream. Come on, you need to look at your neighbor and say, don't ever give up on your dreams. Don't ever give up on your dreams. Kevin, don't ever give up on your dreams. Hallelujah. Sister, don't ever give up on your dreams because God knows and God sees and he, he knows what's going on. He knows so much better than we do of what's going on in our midst. He knows how to put the church together. He knows even when it's torn apart how to mend it and make it better than it was before. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would somebody rejoice with me right now? Come on. Would you rejoice? Come on. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. I'll let this, I'll let this come together. It'll come together right because God don't make mistakes. I do, but he don't. In Genesis 37, I'll go back to the, the message part. And they said to one another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. You know, they could tell it was him from 100 miles away because he ordered the coat that daddy made him. You know, and it was bright colored and you could see him for a mile away. You know, there comes that dreamer. They was talking about how they's going to get rid of the dreamer. We're going to get rid of him. We're going to, we're going to take him out. Come on. Ain't that what the world does? They line it up and say, we'll, we'll take care of them. We had some people in the first church that was going to take us out. I had nothing. I didn't know nothing about it. I went and I was still working there, a full-time job. I come home from work, sat down at the table, began to eat my supper that my dear wife had fixed. And, and God began to talk to me and he gave me a message for that night. We was having Tuesday night service then. And there was... Lo and behold, some, a back row of some people that come in. I'd never met them before. Didn't know nothing about them. Hallelujah. And I began to speak about how the enemy comes in to spy out our liberty. Oh, and I felt something in my spirit. And I thought, they're not here for any good. Glory. The Lord just revealed it to me. Hallelujah. And we had, we had, we all kind of after church and we'd go in and, and stop at the Dairy Queen was then, Tasty Freeze now, but Dairy Queen and we went in there. I'm not sure it was the same night. I don't even remember. It might have been. I'm not sure. Anyway, one of the people that was in there was a person that had been there that night and he didn't say it to me. My son was younger then, but he spoke to my son. And he said, y'all got a bad spirit in that church. And my son's been ministering ever since he's 12 years old. He turned to that man and he said, sir, you're the bad spirit. The guy didn't even finish his order. He took off. He got out of there. And he told a man in our church he had seen. And so our, 
our, our treasurer at that time came to me a few days later. And he said, Brother McGee, I didn't want to do this right off the bat. So I waited a little while and said, I'm telling you, those people that were here said, he told me that they come there to take down names. They was going to close that church down. Come on. Man may try to quench what God has built up. But Brother Mason, it will never happen as long as God's in control. And when he tells you something, he's going to carry through what he said he would do. God. Oh. Hallelujah. We never did see him anymore. Thank you, Jesus. The, the Lord took the devil out of the church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So here comes the dreamer. And I began to check, and the word dreamer there in the Hebrew, Brother Mason, means master of dreams. I thought, who? <laughs> he's not just a dreamer, but he's a master of dreams. God has called him to side as a dreamer. Come on. When God calls somebody, it's more than just a dream. It's a, it's a dream that's going to come true. It's a sure word of God. And the Bible said in verse number 23 that they stripped him of his Can I tell you that what really they done? They stripped him of what defined him as favored to his father and the world. Because his daddy wanted everybody to know that he was a favored son because he was a son of his old age. So he was favored because of that. So, so everybody could know when Joseph walked down the street and he had his coat of many colors on, Sister Jen, that they'd say, there's a favored child right there. Because if you want to, if you want to check out history, the princesses, that's what they done was wore those bright colored clothes. Well, what I didn't tell you about the garment is it meant favor, really, because there was five colors woven into that garment. Five colors favored. Come on, church. Favor. Everybody said favor. Everybody said I'm favored. You may not think so, but you're not just anybody here tonight. God has got his favorite people in this house. Come on. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it defined him. And they thought, we'll strip his favor away from him. And then we'll see what happens to the dreamer. Oh, Jesus. Verse 20. Verse 20, they said, come now therefore and let us slay him and cast him into a pit and we will say some evil beast hath devoured him and we shall see what will become of his dreams. You may think you can move the dreamer out of the way, but I want to tell you something. When God said something in his mind, that dream is going to come true. Woo! See, they might have stripped him 
of the outward favor, but what they couldn't do was strip him of the inward favor that God had placed there. Come on. There's some of you that's going through places right now. Come on. And, and you're in a place that you think, well, there's no favor. I, I don't have any favor with anybody. Come on now. I said no favor with anybody, but inside of you is some favor that God placed there that no man can take it away from you. Oh, glory. Everybody said favor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So they removed the thing that stood for the favor. But you can remove the dreamer, but you can't change God's dreams. I said you can remove the dreamer, but you cannot change God's dreams because God's dreams are not dreams. They're realistic. May I remind you that when God gives a dream, it's not just a dream. It'll come. It, thank you, Sister Don. It's a reality. Come on. It's real. Somebody said it's real. Somebody shout it's real. Somebody shout it's real. Come on. God gives you a dream. That dream is not just a dream. It's real. I have to keep holding on to that from the very first church because there's something in me that will not let me lay it down and it keeps on saying it's real. It's real. It's real. It's going to happen. Stand on it. I'm going to do it. Hallelujah. See, it's not a dream to God. It's prophetic. Oh, Jesus. One more point. What if you all become a part of my dream? I began to deal with me. I can't. I've got pages of notes on that. I've got pages. I Ain't no way I could preach it all. It's just too many notes, just notes. I just, I can't tell you how God began to speak to me, wake me up at the night. I go, I come to church, and I'm writing down, and I have become overwhelming. I thought, Lord, what a, how am I going to preach this? The Lord said, you just write some things down and, and just go. So that's why I've done. Hallelujah. What if you all become a part of my dream? Some of you already have. Sister Jen, when I spoke about reviving your dream, I remember that night. Before you got home, you caught my phone ring. Sister Jen Adams said, I died. Brother McGee, what you're dreaming, it's going to come true. She said, because the Lord is implanted in my mind. And she said, I was almost afraid to call and tell you this because I'm afraid you'd think I was crazy. said, I've been writing down names forever. She said, I've got enough names to about fill our church. Sister Jen, don't you ever forget what pastor spoke into your spirit one night. You was up here and God was moving on you in a way and she was travailing in prayer before God. And God spoke through our pastor and said she was going to bring children in like that because she was travailing for souls. She gave me that list and I took it home and wrote it down. I can't tell you how many, because there was some names that had two and three people beside it. But there was 
I mean, uh, names and names and pages. And I gave it back to her. I said, because I know you're not done. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't know what you're feeling this or not, but I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Evidently, I, I got to say this. What you are, if I could get you to become a part of my dream. But I want you to know it's just not my dream. But evidently it's God's dream for him to bring this to remembrance time after time since 1990. And even so late as 2021 speaking to me once again directly that God has not forgot your dream. And the tears began to roll down my cheeks. You know why? Because the remembrance of the first time of that dream and all the times that it's been spoken into my spirit since then. Son, it's going to happen. I said it's going to happen, church. <laughs> because this is not my dream. This is God's dream. And if I can get you to be a part of God's dream, he's going to do, Sister Jen, just exactly what he said he would do. He's going to fill this church to overflowing. Come on. I said he's going to do it. Oh, Jesus. If you don't believe it, you just, I know, Facebook, hard telling how many, I know it's been a long time ago, but son kind of got up and got, how many had come across Facebook? There's a bunch of people. I don't. A young man, I don't remember whether he talked to him, whether he sent him just a little thing, worked on a bridge. Don't get it on his phone. I'm going to tell you, God is not just moving and captivating souls here. But he's doing it on Facebook Live. Uh, July of this year, I believe it was. He said, I'm 34 years old. I was born and raised apostolic. I haven't went to church for almost two years. So I was feeling the emptiness, and I knew the only thing I was missing was church. So last Sunday, I took my family to church, and it was what I needed. One of the things my pastor always says is be careful what you listen to and watch on TV. Always let that go in one ear and out the other. Always listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. I was at work yesterday and had my headphones in listening to Joe Rogan, and I felt convicted. So I searched the word apostolic. I listened to a few sermons and a few discussions, and finally I got to your podcast. And Brother, I tell you what, when you preached about Jesus bringing Lazarus back from the dead, I felt the Lord present. I'm surrounded by construction workers, and we are building a bridge. On top of this bridge, I felt the Holy Ghost. I thought for a second, my first time speaking in tongues is going to be around all these men that I have no clue. I had tears in my eyes running down my face. Luckily, it's 90 degrees and I was sweating. When you yelled, Lazarus, come forth, I felt power of God right there. 
the way you described that Jesus waited for the fourth day after he died to resurrect him, it just hit me how amazing and mighty he truly is. I just wanted to say all that to tell you, if you think you don't get through to anyone with that message, well, two months after you preached it, you really lit a fire in my soul, and I thank you. Come on. It ain't just here that you're reaching souls, but all around the world, somebody is listening. Even in Uganda, come on, somebody that listens every time there is a message comes forth from this church. I want to tell you, when God gives a dream, he don't leave it unfinished. He'll finish what he started. Hallelujah. Glory. Woo, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Why else, if it wasn't, if it was just my dream, why else would God instruct others, men of God, to remind me over the years of that dream? It become God's dream. And when it comes God's dream, it's prophetic. Then the Lord keeps reminding me to remind you. How many, how many times have I got up here, even since I'm not I'm bishop and I'm not pastor no more, how many times have I got up here and reminded you of some of these services that God spoke in and he spoke them into ours? Can I tell you? He didn't speak them to pastor and me. He spoke them to this church. And you are sitting on the pews of this church. So it is God speaking to you as same as he's speaking to me. And I'm telling you, it's not just a dream. It's going to come to pass. Oh, jeez. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can't shake it off. It won't leave. It just keeps coming back. IF conference, February 27th, 2003. Sister McGee and I went to conference. Brother Harris. And Brother Fuller was there. And there was a great move of God in there that day. And there was prophecies going forth. And somehow in all of that mess, they hunted us up. And they come to our bench, Brother Mason. And they began to prophesy to Sister McGee and I. That God was going to do something special in this church. Hallelujah. He said, God is going to bring, listen to this, God is going to bring the ministry of your church to the forefront. How many times has this been spoken to this church? Glory. Has he not done that? Has he not done that? Oh, 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 oh. Jesus. Hallelujah. Brother, I'll get back to it now. Brother, Brother Luke St. Clair. January the 9th, 2010, came to this church and stated this. This church was somehow, has somehow got the attention of heaven. I won't forget those words. Not pastor, but the church. And he said this, and he said, I didn't say the windows of heaven were open 
But he said, I said, heaven is opened. God has opened heaven to this church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I could go on and on about how God has spoken through different men of God to this church. But what I do want to say is, Pastor, don't ever think those moments in Florida when you and Sister Dawn were reminiscing the dream that you had for this church. Don't ever think that God didn't see and hear that. I want to tell you, it ain't just a dream. I'm telling you, it's not just a dream because God's going to bring it to pass. Hallelujah. He's, he started in that, and he's not going to just lay that down. He's going to give you your dream, Sister Don. Come on. There's too much going on around here, and the devil's mad, and he wants to shut it down. But when God gets a dream in his mind, honey, you ain't going to change it, and it's going to happen. It's going to be carried through, and he's going to do it. In our midst. And we're going to be blessed. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to notice in scripture. If you read the whole thing that I read. Joseph's family was a part of that dream. All of his family. Think about it. I'm not going to hold you. I'm, I'm, I'm already in the red. So, Don't ever give up on your dreams, church. Sister Jen, don't give up on your dreams. But Zach, Sister Malin, I guarantee you somewhere in your head there's a dream about what you want to happen with these, these uh, young ones like that back there. Don't ever give up on the dreams. You're doing what you can. You feel, you've took them to young, you know, kids' quest things and things to, they could be in the presence of God. And that little girl right there has never forgot this. She's a little worshiper. Don't give up on your dreams, Sister Jen. Make this big boy sit next to you a part of that dream. I heard tell, Pastor, that they watched it at home after they went home. Guess who got it on the TV first? Hey, Jen, get in here. You're going to miss it. Our dreams are coming true in the church and outside the church. God is working and doing something. Don't give up on your dreams. Hallelujah. Brother Andrew, Sister Ashley, I want to tell you something. God's got more work for you to do than you're doing. He's calling you to a place that you can be used of God in a greater way. Sister Sarah, you and Brother Josh didn't give up on your dreams. No children. Come on, second church. No children. A surgery. Wasn't sure if it'd do it, but right off the bat, God brought them 
a bouncing baby boy. Then he came along and gave him another one, more vigorous. And complete mess, but he's good. And I was there when both of them was born. I almost missed the one. But Sister Sarah, on the way to the labor room, you can't take me back there yet. My pastor's not here. I heard that. Come on, church. Don't give up on your dreams. Sister Sarah and Brother Josh, I got news for you. You grab a hold of the harness and follow God, and your dreams aren't through yet. You they're still family. That they're still family. Oh, don't be <sighs> Brother Alex, Sister Grace, I've prayed over you all too many times. I'm very aware that there is a dream in your mind. And some of them dreams has already come true and they flourished right in here in this room. NYC, it's flourished. I can't wait till next year at camp time. I got the feeling we could get Brother Kevin there. Secret is, son. Mercy, can I tell you, it is so great that when the Spirit of God begins to move in this church, it moves from the front to the back. And if you want the Holy Ghost, the best thing for you to do is to come up here when they're worshiping. I'm not saying God can't fill you with the Holy Ghost where you're at. I remember in the second church, was a second pew, third pew, something like that. Sister Nancy Peterson was sitting on her pew and there was a bucket flow of the Holy Ghost that was poured out on her and she received the Holy Ghost right in her seat. I'm telling you about what God does and what he says is not a dream, it's prophetic. Well, James, I know you got a dream. James, God ain't done with you, son. I'm telling you, you know what? If we don't watch it, the old enemy tries to come in and take our dream from us. But you know what? When it becomes God's dream, there's nothing people can do. Sister Angie Craig, I love you, my sister. But I want to tell you something. I know you've got a dream. You'd like to be at church. I know that God can do that and bring you to church. I know he's a healer even tonight in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the enemy. I command breath to come to my sister. I command strength to come to her right now in Jesus' name. I'm claiming it. Glory, glory. You that are listening. 
and watching tonight, why don't you just kind of come on down and join us? What you're hearing on there and feeling, you can feel in person so much greater. Hallelujah. 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 But Zach, I really wanted to tell you daddy tonight, but he's not here. The other day, Sister McGee in my office, I began to cry. And God quickened to me. And it's, and I don't think it's a coincidence. Bruce Terry started driving her van again. And the Lord wanted me to remind him to not look at that van as just a few in it, but look at it as full. Because the second church, I remember Brother Terry, Brother Freddie used to bring two van loads to church every Sunday morning. I said, van loads. Come on, church. It's not just a dream. It's, we've got to take it as reality. When it comes from him, what else you going to do? i got to claim my victory. i got to claim revival. Come on. Revival is a sure thing. When it comes from God. Yes. Well, Mason's got a dream. God don't let you down. Every time I pray for him, I said, God, you told me in your word, I'll supply all of your needs. According to my riches and glory. If you'll have faith. He said you can say to yon mountain. To be thou removed and cast into the sea. You know what I've been saying. I cast you in the sea in the name of Jesus. Doubt I command you to go. Let doubt move out of this church. It's not a part of it. Come on. Doubt get going. Get out of here. Hallelujah. Let faith be released in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sister Margaret, I know where you're listening tonight or not. But Sister Margaret, if you're listening, I want you to know that God hadn't forgot about your family. Hallelujah. Not forgot about your family. Brother Freddie, I don't know where, maybe you'll listen later. You and Sister Sheila, but I want to tell you something. God hadn't forgot your family. Because I remember the time of every one of his, their kids has sat in this church. I'm talking about the three churches, siblings. I know you haven't seen that, Brother Zach. But Kim sat on the third pew at the first church. And I won't forget, Sister McGee, I won't forget the Spirit of God began to move. A young lady had her hands in the air, and there was tears flowing. Come on. I'm telling you, those things aren't just a dream to me, but they're reality. I believe God's going to start bringing those that have 
backslid that he's going to bring the prodigals back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Mason, whoever's want to play this piano or do what, you come on. And while we're doing this, I want you, church, how many is going to become a part of my dream? How many will join me in this dream? Because it's, it's prophetic. I'm sorry, when, God, when he gets in God's mind and he starts reminding us, and he starts reminding us, then I'm going to tell you it's going to come true. What I want you to do, I told you, you just come up here and get you. If you ain't got a pen, get one. Just tear off a piece of paper, and I want you to write it down. Write your dream down. You don't have to put your name on it. I don't need to know your name. I just want you to dream, and I want to pray over them dreams. Would you do that? Let's stand. If God's got a hold of your heart tonight, and you feel like you need to, you need to come to this altar. This altar's open. If you haven't been doing nothing lately about your dreams, then I want you to, I want you to do something about it. Don't ever give up on your dreams. These kids has all got dreams. Don't ever. Ladies and men, don't ever give up on your dreams. I'm going I'm to tell you. Brother Dakota told me, he said, I want the Holy Ghost. I want him to have it. And if he wants it, he's going to get it. And Brother Kevin, if you want it, you're going to get it. All right, I'm going to get out of the way and while they sing. God bless you. Thank you for your time. When troubles rise, catch you unaware. The day-to-day of living seems unfair. So you try again with all your dreams and plans they end up in defeat the fancy frills that once fulfilled now leave you incomplete and you wonder where your life's gone wrong why you can't find peace your hope's not gone, it's just been too long since you've had to believe. So keep believing in what you know is true. rise in your life and you don't know what to do you'll be fine if you just keep believing 
tell you something. This week has not been a normal week for me. Even after that, the other Thanksgiving day, Sister McGee. Or yesterday, I don't know, day before, I walked in my bathroom And all at once the hair stood up on my arms and it was like a bucket of hot water came over me. And this has happened two or three, four times this week that I felt like God was going to do something tonight. I don't know what all He's done, but I feel like that God is going to do something. I don't want y'all to lose hope. I want you to grab a hold of faith and hold on with both hands. Because what he said he will do, he's going to do. Because when it's, it gets in God's hands, it's not a dream, it's prophetic. I love y'all. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.